You're listening to episode 3 of season 13 of the GNU World Order for 13-2019. Hi everyone, my name is Klaatu, this is GNU World Order podcast, and you might be wondering why I said that this was, quote, for 13-2019. Well, it turns out that I'm finished with calendars. I'm tired of the arbitrary 12-month structure and the 7-day week and all that other stuff, so for my personal life, certainly not for work life, but for my personal life, I am eschewing calendars, and I am measuring time, such as it is, in, so I, I'm accepting that the Earth goes around the Sun in what we'll call 365 days, or thereabouts, but I'm, I'm not going to accept the Julian slash Gregorian calendar structure. Now there is, I should mention, a, a better calendar structure that we should all really switch to anyway. I mean, if we, I understand the usefulness for, of delimiters, so I'm not completely against the idea. And I looked into the Mayan calendar a bit. It's a little bit over complex for me. Uh, and I found one called the International Fixed Calendar, uh, possibly m- more memorable to me as the Eastman calendar. Uh, the reason that that's memorable for me, easier to remember, is that George Eastman adopted this calendar. He didn't invent it. Some other guy did. I should find out that guy's name. Uh, Cole Mack or something like that. But uh, this international fixed calendar, or Eastman calendar, or whatever you want to call it, is a Cotsworth. Cotsworth. Uh, It's the Cotsworth plan, and it was this idea to divide the solar year, that's 365 days, give or take, into 13 months of 28 days each. And then I think, if I'm recalling correctly, like the Mayan calendar, if you have too many days at the end of the year, you just tack them on. You just throw another day on there or two or whatever you need to make up for a difference. I thought that was pretty brilliant, and I'm, I'm quite happy to, to adopt that. Uh, I guess officially this, this, this idea, this Cotsworth plan, says sort of right between June and July to insert an, uh, another month called Sol, S-O-L, and, and that's fine. I wouldn't mind just coming up with different names entirely because it, it's another thing that bugs me is that September and October and November and December are not, in fact, the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th month. That, that really bugs me, and I, I really hate those names. But I, I'm just, I've decided, oh, and it's called Eastman Calendar by, by some people because the Eastman Kodak Company, Kodak, apparently from 1928 to 1989 actually used this calendar internally, which I thought was really, really cool. And I, I'm, I was very close to using that, but there, I just, I decided at some point that the delimit, the delimiter itself is not useful to me, and so I, I chose to, I, I am choosing to simply call the days by their numbers. So this is day 13 that I'm recording this on, and releasing it. So there you go. All right, so in this episode, I want to talk about the quota command, because that is the next one in the Slackware install set that we're making our way through very slowly, very surely. Quota. I didn't want to do this one uh, earlier, because I've never set up quotas. Now, I have been on systems that used quotas, but I'd, I'd never actually set one up. And part of that, I think... Well, we'll get into that in a minute. First, let's let's cover the listener email... There's one listener email by that one guy who goes on and on about ZFS, and this is great, because this is exactly the kind of information I want. He sent me a lot of data, 
sort of snapshots, as it were, of his, well, not literal snap. I guess ZFS, you can't really just say snapshot arbitrarily. But he, he sent me some really cool stats on, on what his system kind of has going on. And that was interesting. But the thing that really jumped out, and I, I don't feel like, I, I feel like I could, I could read it to you, but it, it just wouldn't, you know, this is, I think we've heard enough of sort of this idea of, oh, you should use ZFS even if it's on a single drive. And anyway, the thing that I, I that really jumped out at me on this email was that he said, this is Vulcan Writer, by the way, um, you should experiment with ZFS on Linux. It is hopefully going to replace FAT32 as the standard file system for sharing. It runs on BSD, Linux, Solaris, Mac, and Windows. And that kind of struck a, a nerve with me because one of the most embarrassing things about modern computing, in my opinion, is that we do not oops, that we do not have um, a shared file system, really. I mean, people can say, oh, well, technically we do. We have NFS, or we have Samba, or we have FAT, or we have this or that. That's not what I mean, obviously. I mean, I mean that the technology, that, that in technology, there should be an open source, available file system that everything can read by default. And that's a, that's that's an important little note there, the the by default thing, because realistically we know from 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 just looking at how things work, we know that if people cannot use something because it came on their computer already, then then ninety percent, eighty percent, whatever, they're not going to use it. It's simple as that. And beyond that, of course, there are things that that you, you really can't put extra stuff onto, stuff that you either don't have permission to or because it's locked. Well, I guess that boils down to the same thing. You don't have permission to, but, but you know, there, there, there are things, firmware devices and things like that that, that you can't, can't just load a, a new driver in there so your file system can recognize an EXT4 drive or whatever. So ZFS as the new sneaker net file system, I am very much excited about that idea. Um, and I know he's just saying it, f you know, flippantly as sort of what he hopes, and, and it's it could just be me and him for all I know. But the idea does excite me. And and I, I think for that reason, more than for the snapshots and all these other cool things that he is talking about and sort of selling me on this ZFS thing, um, I think more than that, strangely, is this little side comment that he makes. It'd be better than fat. And Darn it, it would. It would really be better than FAT. What's wrong with FAT? Well, again, uh, it, it has a limit, a file size limit of 4 gigabytes, and it doesn't have journaling. Those are the two really problematic things about FAT. It's also not open source, which kind of bugs me, and, um, and, and people have been sued before for using FAT in their commercial products by Microsoft. So it's it's something that we should be thinking about replacing. And and I think I've said before that there was a file system, UDF, it was really great, universal disk format. I shouldn't say it was really great. I don't even think it had a file system check, and I don't believe it was journaled either. It was open source, though, and it was truly natively cross-platform. It just worked on any computer that you plugged it into, as long as that computer could read, for instance, a Blu-ray disc, because that's what it was designed for, if I recall correctly. And then Mac went and ditched it, so then it sort of, it's gone. That option is no more. 
uh, I guess the, the current option for that is X-Fat, E-X-F-A-T, extended fat, I think. And that seems to be, I guess, fairly universal, except that it's not open source. So well, everything on Linux is, uh, as, I, as far as I know, reverse engineered. Uh, and, and I don't like this idea of things becoming the de facto universal file system because Microsoft had the, the dough to promote it and Apple acquiesced and adopted it. And that's, and that's now why it's a universal file system. That doesn't, I don't, I don't like that. I also don't like that companies seem to have some kind of, uh, some something against adopting an open format, and and making that their official format, or or at least an officially supported format, and and of course they act like well that's just not possible or that's not within our business plan or whatever, and and those kinds of things are just well you can't really argue with that can you because if they say that's not what their business all about is adapting UDF or ZFS or 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 EXT4 or anything else. JFS, XFS, whatever it might be to work on their system and then supporting it as if though the support of that would just be too difficult. You can't really argue with it. So ZFS would be a fantastic replacement. I would be very excited if that were to happen. If we could all sort of jump on board, that'd be great. Now, of course, if I want something to happen, I should probably at least start doing it myself. So I'm going to install ZFS at some point in the future. I don't know when that will be. I, I do say that I'll do things, and then it will be months before I get around to doing it, but I do actually finally get around to it, usually. So, and if I don't, I'll tell you, so no fear. Um, so that's that's listener email. Thank you very much, Vulcan Rider, as much as I am kidding around about how often you have emailed about ZFS. I really, really appreciate the emails. They're very informative. They have a lot of fu- cool file system data, which I really, really do find entertaining and um, just endlessly fascinating. Okay, let's get started with Quota. Okay, so Quota is the next package in this package list set of Slackware, and in case you're new to the show or you've been away for a while, what I've been doing is I've been going through the packages that come by default on Slackware, because I assume that actually quite a lot of Linux systems come with the same defaults, which, I mean, it's true here, not true there, but the point is that, that there are a lot of packages on our Linux systems that a lot of times we just never even look at, so why not get to know them? So Quota is a system, specifically it's called Linux Quota, it's at sourceforge.net slash, I don't know, something, uh, Linux Quota is the full, the full name of the project. And if you, if you look on your system, you, you may already have it. And you can usually check whether or not you have it really sort of quickly and easily just by typing in quota, the word quota into your, into your terminal. If, if you have it, um, it will show up. It, it, it won't do anything, but it will, it will be a command that is available. You can run it. You could do quota, for instance, dash u for user, or dash dash user. And and again, if it's not actually active on your system, then nothing happens. It'll just return nothing to you. But it'll be there. And that that's usually a pretty good indication that you have the quota ability uh, already installed. Like the whole tool set is probably installed. Now, you may not have the lower, like the, the other commands, which you don't know about yet because I haven't talked about them, but quota on, quota off, that sort of the quota check, that sort of thing, that, that you won't, as a normal user, have access to. Now, if you do a sudo 
such and such, then maybe you'll get there. Or SU and then look in your SBIN, something like that. But it might not be there by sort of just by looking uh, as a normal user. So quota is a system by which an administrator can set disk quotas for users and groups. Now, in real life, I'll say that this probably isn't as useful as maybe it once was for, for a couple of different reasons. Number one is because certainly if you're sitting at home in front of your laptop listening to this, then why would you ever use a disk quota? I mean, what are you going to do? Give a disk quota to yourself for some reason? That's weird. So it's I think a lot of desktop Linux users would never need to use quota because there's just no point. Like your quota is as much disk space as you have on the computer, on that drive. And then secondly, even among the the larger installs, a lot of times quota isn't as useful because a lot of times these days you're not, when you're on a big multi-user system, you're not actually on the big multi-user system. You're in some kind of, for lack of a better term, and I don't know if this is a current term or not, but you're on some kind of groupware framework or, or groupware system software package uh, that that is living on a Linux or Unix system, but but you're not actually you know, the, the Unix, you don't have, you may not even have an equivalent Unix user on that system. For instance, you may log into, let's say, an OpenShift instance or or a NextCloud instance, and you're there. It looks like you've got a user, you've got a username, you got a password, everything's great. But then if you were to drop down somehow into a terminal on that same machine and 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 look for your home directory, it just wouldn't exist because that's not how... You know, the user management is being handled by something else. Now, I have been on a system that had a quota uh, enforced, and that was because it was an NFS system, and there were a lot of special effect special effects artists at the company, and it just it was it was it would have been really dangerous not to have quotas because even though typically you're working on some some remote file system where all your shots live, inevitably you're going to try stuff on your local system and, or, or on some local uh, space, rather. And, and at some point, yeah, you just have to... You've got to impose a quota because people will just let that fill up. So there was a quota system at, uh, at a job, and I, you know, you had to... There was a little monitor that, that they had set up. I think it was a custom thing. Uh, and it would warn you if you were going over or getting near your quota. And I think they had a little bit of a a grace period, sort of like, okay, you're over quota. We're not gonna we're not gonna just you, you know you can still work, but you need to clear this out soon. And then at some point, I, I think it would it would enforce it somehow. I, I don't believe I ever reached that level, but it was uh th- there were definitely a lot of alerts set up to tell you when you were getting close to using up your quota. And I found that out for for the reason that I just said. Sometimes you have to try stuff kind of, you know, outside of the shot environment and you don't you're not you're not so you haven't cherooted over into this other system, you know, and you're trying stuff out on the, the local shares. And it just it starts to add up pretty quickly when you're doing special effects work. So um that said, we might as well look at quota because it's there. And it is kind of interesting. So Quota is something that needs to be enabled at the at the very very lowest level of your system, 
or, or a low level, which is Etsy FS tab. So if I do a cat of this SF FS tab, uh, then in real life you'll probably see some definitions um, denoted by a UUID, right? A unique, what is UUID? U unique user ID? I don't know what UUID stands for all of a sudden, but anyway, the UUID of the hard drive and then, but but on this, I'm doing this on a virtual machine, so it's it's actually just slash dev slash sda1. Okay, cool. So that represents my slash partition, like right the the, the root of the hard drive, the slash part. And then ext4 is the file system, and then defaults one one is what it's set to. So what you need to do is set this to defaults comma usr quota, and then zero two is what I set it to. I don't know if that zero two is actually necessary or not but that was all all the examples that i could find had zero two as the the permission or the um the file the options so that's what i did uh, and then you have to either remount your root partition or reboot and to remount it and i've ne I'd never done this before until until experimenting around with quota but you can just remount your root partition which sounds impossible but you can do it. Mount dash vo remount slash, and the vo is of course I think I, I say of course I kind of assumed, and now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna say something wrong. So uh, the dash v I'm assuming is verbose, and then the the dash o of course is options dash dash options. Yeah, dash v was verbose. I just wanted to make sure. So mount dash o really remount and then slash and that will remount the partition. Now I'm doing it on slash because I'm on a little VM that I use for a lot of stuff. Uh, this is on a snapshot of that VM, and it, it just has one partition. It's a Slackware uh, VM. It's got one partition, which is slash. Now if in real life in a larger install I would probably have a slash, I'd probably have a slash var, slash temp, slash home, and I would probably just enable quotas on my slash home. I don't I can't see why I would want to do that on on the slash partition in real life. So probably you'd be doing this on, on your home. Now there are also different methods of doing a quota. I'm keeping it simple here and just doing user quotas, but you can actually define group photos as a group Quota, qu quotas, I guess I want to say group photo, I don't know why, group quota as well, and that's uh, GRP quota, all one word. Again, just appended to the Etsy FS tab uh, options, defaults, comma, USR quota, comma, GRP quota. That enables it at mount time, which is why you had to remount it after doing so. Now, if you have um, a journaled file system, and everything's switched on to support journals, then you can actually use what's supposed to be the better option, which is usrj quota equals a quota dot user uh, comma jqfmt equals vfsv1. None of that made any sense to me. I don't know what any of those things mean, and so I didn't I didn't bother. Uh, doing that, but that is something that you could try if you needed journaled quotaing. And again, I didn't I, I didn't spend too much time on this because frankly I just don't see how useful this is 
uh, in in actual real life. So I'm just doing kind of the the basic. I'm doing the bare minimum here. So okay. So once you you're done that, then you need to create a quota index. And this is kind of interesting. And I, and I say that I'm doing the bare minimum, but actually I'm I am rendering a service here because at least on the two systems that I tried, the two snapshots or the two VMs rather that I tried this on this step failed until I discovered a workaround that I'm going to share with you now. I was very tempted to try to, to abandon the virtual machine uh, testing ground and go to a to bare metal and actually do this on a computer and then I realized that I'm one week away from Linux Conf AU where I'll be giving a talk and I thought you know what it's gonna be a better idea not to mess around with my computer system right before a conference. So I, I kept it in the VM. So this may be a VM-related failure. And the problem was that when you do this um, create the index mantra, it, it tells you that there's no such thing as slash dev slash root. Which I don't even know where it gets that value. But um, the first thing that you should do, just, just so that you see what's going on here, is do a cat slash etsy slash mtab, and that is um, slash etsy slash m as in mount tab. And that shows you, if you look at the output, that you now have a new, that, that the quota line from fs tab has been added to this. So your dev slash sda1 or whatever slash x4rw comma usr quota is now added there so that's just something to be sort of to be aware of it's neither here nor there but just be aware of it okay so that that exists and now we're going to do quota check and this you do have to do as root well you would have had to do the fs tab edit as root as well but this this is also root so quota check it's all one string quota check and then you can do dash dash well let's do dash dash help and you'll see all the different options that you have. So you've got you got the user, check user files. Yeah, sure, we want to do that. And then we want to um, group, no, we're going to skip that one. Dash C is create new quota files. And that, yes, we want to do, because this is the first time we've ever done this. So we're, we're going to create the files that may or may not be missing. And then there's an option where it says don't remount the file system as read-only. And that, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to remount my hard drive that I'm using right now as read-only. And let's see, anything else? Check all file systems. I don't, yeah, so I'm just going to do slash there. Now, if you do that, at least in a VM, as far as I know, as far as I can tell so far on, on, on the systems that I tried, you'll get a failure telling you that there's no such thing as slash dev slash root. And I tried a couple of different things, and it was not working. So the thing that I... I eventually did is an ln space dash s so that's the link command ln space dash s space slash dev slash sda1 which is the that's the you know you might need to do a mount command to see what you have mounted and, and what's assigned to what but I just happen to know again because this is a very simple environment that slash dev slash sda1 is slash um, so I'm, I'm linking, I'm doing a symlink, ln dash dash symbolic slash dev slash sda1 to uh, slash dev slash root. That, that does its magic. 
it, it creates a, a symlink slash dev slash root to slash dev slash sda1, which of course is actually your slash partition, and now everything will work. So if you do the quota check dash dash user dash dash create dash files dash dash no dash remount space slash return, you have to wait a while. It takes a long time, but it scans the file system for quota um, options and creates index files and so on. Once that's done, you have to turn the quota system actually on, because all you've done now is you've set it up. You've set it up to be enabled on the file system. You've set up all the fi the, the, the necessary sort of um, tracking files, as it were. Now you have to actually flip the switch so that it's on. So that's quota on. That's, again, one string, Q-U-O-T-A-O-N, uh, dash V, if you like, output, and then slash. The slash being, of course, where, you know, the, the partition that you're you're activating this on. To turn quotas off, if ever you want to do that, it's quota off, slash. So now quota is on, but you have to actually set user quotas. And this is something that you could obviously script if you wanted, not obviously, but you could. You could script it if you wanted to. There are two commands uh, that I know of that that will set quotas. One is set quota, and one is ed quota. Now I'm going to use ed quota because I find it a little bit easier to, to process because it kind of spells it all out for you. Well, to the point, to to, a, to the degree that it does anyway. But before I even do that, I'm going to switch over to the user clat2, so su space dash space uh, clat2, and find out exactly what is being used as it is because I have no idea. Sort of, this is a VM. I'm just not familiar with with the setup. So df space dot tells me that Klaatu, this Klaatu user has used 8,951,432 blocks, I guess, I think is what it uh, is what it's giving me there. So I'm going to exit and go back to root, and then I'm going to type in editor, all in caps, equals jove space ed quota space Klaatu. It defaults to vi if you don't do that. Tells you on each row... Uh, well, it has one row for headers, and then it, on the next rows, it, it shows you what file system is available for allotment for this user. And in this case, there's only one. It's, it's slash dev slash root. So it gives you the options to set soft and hard limits for your user. So I'm going to just I'm going to set it to something really small, just because I want to see the 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 output of an of of a warning uh, or or a or a, a full stop. So we'll do we'll we'll do a soft limit of 10 and a hard limit of 20. So that's that's that will be reached very quickly. So I'm gonna su I'll save and quit that and then su space dash space clat2 to become clat2. And then if I type in quota as clat2, I get a report of of what was just entered actually. A little bit more information like your the grace period that that you're allowed uh, and also the quota and your limit. So there you go. Uh, so now if my my quota is 10 and 20, my limit is 10 and my quota is 20, or rather my quota is 10, my limit is 20, so if I do anything like cat slash etsy, no, it's cat slash dev slash urandom, and then redirect that to test.file, it should tell me almost immediately, actually immediately, it just told me that I've exceeded my quota. And that's as far as we'll go, I think, because as I say, I don't really anticipate that many people 
actually setting up quota, but I wanted I wanted to experience it, and I wanted you to experience it with me. So we've we've now at least been through the setting up and the configuration. Not not the not a, a good configuration, but certainly configuring the quota system. And you, you you see a little bit how to use it. Just by, I mean by typing quota and 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 being stopped from from going over your hard limit. That's that's pretty much what it does. And in my experience, having used been a user on a quoted system, it, it was pretty much like that. And I I remember not getting warnings when I was going over my soft limit because I wasn't running the default desktop. I was running Fluxbox, and I didn't have the little applet that they'd created to warn the users of the quota. So at one point when I started doing some work that, that was actually generating some pretty major files, I, it kind of occurred to me, I need to turn that applet on because otherwise I'm going to go over, I'm, I'm going to be near my limit and not realize it. So it, it's, you know, the, the user still has to be aware that quotas exist uh, and because you don't want the quota to obviously stop them from doing something important, I guess. But at the same time, the quota is there for a reason, and that is because there's limited space. And that's quotas. It comes by default on Slackware. It might. It's probably on your Linux system as well. You should you should look at it and see if it's there. And if it is there, I don't know. Ignore it. Uninstall it. I might un uninstall it. Honestly, I never anticipate using it. I'm definitely adding it to my tag file as something not to install next time. But it's great to know about. And certainly, in some cases, I'm I I feel very sure that some users or some admins rather rely on quota for just to keep their environment sane well there's more i want to talk about of course but i hear the the that closing music and there's no way to turn that off that that's it just comes in from from nowhere and it tells me to stop the show so thanks for listening in 30 years we're going to be finished with all the slacker packages and then what will i talk about talk to you next time Thank you for listening to the GNU World Order AugCast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as AugCast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at klatu at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time.